Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and in the spotlight. But we start off today's broadcast with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Wednesday, September 30th. Or if you're joining us through the wonderful world of shortwave, today is Thursday, October 1st. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Catherine Wei. Hi. Up next, we'll be meeting Taiwan's newest Guinness record holder. Then we'll be telling you why Taiwanese people are lining up for a space in the afterlife. And having trouble sleeping? Well, you're not alone. We'll be giving you some new data about insomnia in Taiwan. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Well, you might think that if uh, you were a Guinness World uh, Record holder and then someone unseated you, uh, you'd just kind of give up, you know? I mean, <laughs> some of these records, I mean, they require a lot of endurance, mm. don't they? But that's not the case with Taiwanese, get this, pencil carving artist, that is a real thing, uh, Li Jianzhu, who announced on Tuesday that he'd set, uh, once again, the Guinness World Record for carving the longest interconnected chain from a graphite pencil. Again, this is a real Guinness World Record. We are not making this up. Um, he had the award uh, in 2019 with 101 chain links. And if you've never seen pencil carving or these, what, know what these chain links we're talking about are, basically they take the lead out of a pencil, like the one I'm holding here, and I guess they chip away at the wood until only the graphite's left, and then they turn it into, basically, you can almost wear it. It's like a chain necklace, kind mm. of. Um, it sounds like exhausting and very time-consuming work. Um, His eyes must, must be hurting. And they, I guess like, they must have, like, you know, special, like, jeweler's glasses that they sure, use. Sure, but, I mean, to not break, like, Imagine how many times he had gone through or how many pencils he had gone through. I guess you can't break wow. the links. You can't. And you can't piece um, it together again. Yeah, there's some special technique he finally decided on mm. using called the N-pattern carving technique, which I guess describes the shape of the, the cuts mm -hmm. he would make with the carving knife. Anyway, uh, he had that record in, in 2019 with 101 chain links, but lost the title in May this year when an Indian artist achieved 126 chain links. Wow. So uh, that is quite a significant... I mean, these are really tiny, intricate... I don't know how they do it. There's no video footage of, of uh, these artists at work. So, mm. uh, But I'm guessing they just kind of take a chisel or some kind of very they do. fine... They do. I follow this guy on Instagram. You do? Who does okay. It. Well, not these people who broke the world records, but just a person who does it for... He does it for fun. And he does it with color pencils too, oh, so it comes that out. That sounds pretty. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, it's, that way. it's beautiful. He carves like the little prince, the fox, the characters. And a lot all of that. a lot of the little um, what do they call, even call them? The, the graphite or the light in the middle of these pencils. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, he was at it again to reclaim his title. <laughs> the end result. Very competitive man. I know the end result is one hundred and sixty-eight interconnected. Wow, chains. a very lucky number too. Um, and the whole thing measures thirty-six point five centimeters. Um, you might be a bit dubious about this whole thing because it was re- re- certified via video. No mm-hmm. one was there in person because of COVID. But right, right. I guess but they had they to can... find a way to certify it. I mean, uh-huh. I guess they can see it in person once this whole epidemic is over. Oh, um, right. uh, yeah, he self-taught. He's created about 180 works in the past 10 years, including, wow. like you said, I'm, I'm surprised you don't follow him. Well, now you have someone new to follow because <laughs> I um, shall. these include carvings of cartoon characters, Famous oh. landmarks. How would you make those out of... I'm trying to think. I know. I've got a pencil here. I don't know how you would even start about doing that. I guess if you stood it up on end, Taipei 101 maybe, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, the... the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and uh, fam- Monuments. Various animals as well. So uh, this is a pretty cool uh, technique. Uh, if you are interested, his name is Li Jianzhu. You can check him out, I guess. Li Jianzhu, like, like architecture? Um, it doesn't say if he has a web page or not, but his name is spelled L E E C H I E N hyphen C H U. Well, I'm surprised this didn't happen during Ghost Month, actually. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> people lining up to pr- reserve a space for their earthly remains. <laughs> Right, for their it's, ashes. What a, what more Taiwanese way is there to, to settle these things than lining up in a long line? I know, we love lines. We love lines. <laughs> we love lines. This takes it to a whole nother level. So they, it started at night. They didn't sleep for a whole <laughs> night, stood in line. Oh, they brought their little chairs with them, you know? like. Oh, people. yes. That's what Taiwanese <laughs> people like to do, especially older people. Uh, they right. have little stools or like plastic uh-huh. stools and they'll mark their spot in or line. Or the camping stools that you can fold up. Some people use those. Okay. So they, I was all night long, but I'm surprised like our, our, our spaces to store your remains when you're gone that hard to come by? Uh, so for private, um, private places, you have to spend tens of thousands of new Taiwan dollars to get a spot. And so that's could be several months of the salary that you left. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, like they're, they're often, often very high rise buildings, so you can get a better view. And these, and, we should know? say, we should say are not, uh, plots for burial. No. These are not in Taiwan. Well, some rural places I've seen some Christian burial grounds, but, uh, mm. usually the general way of doing things is, uh, through cremation and mm-hmm. then whatever's left, they put in one of these, uh, towers. They, the English title I believe is columbarium. Mm. It's a word that I'd never heard of until like that's an SAT word there. Right. So I, I came Googled to Taiwan. <laughs> um and you share it with other it's like a tower with little niches. They're like you share them with like neighbors, cubbies. which I don't like the idea like, but it's like lockers. I mean it's like, you know, you spend your whole life paying for an apartment rent and then you have well, to keep doing it afterwards. I know. But anyway, uh, I guess people like this particular place. Well, this one it, it belongs to the government, so it's way cheaper, and that's why people want a spot, oh. right? So you, they released four hundred. There's um, the government says, oh, we're releasing four hundred, and come and sign up. And people, it's like an iPhone. <laughs> it is. People lined up overnight. Man. Overnight, it was raining too. 
They had their raincoats, they had their umbrellas. And they're in a like a, a, a graveyard, basically, right? Well, yeah, it was kind of the middle of nowhere. That's usually where these places are. Mm-hmm. They're usually on mountains in Taiwan. Right. My grandma paid so much money for, for hers and my grandfather's, and she was like kind of showing off. It was very cute. And, but, and then I was like, but... That's you're... morbid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, grandma, this is like you're going to be in a locker. Forever. It is. <laughs> I, I, like that idea is like, man, that's kind of sad. It is. It's a... Yeah, she did not. Had she? Did she have to wait overnight? She didn't, no. She shelled out a lot of of, cash. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Uh, That's an interesting uh, competition there. They should make a reality show about that. Who gets the best burial plot? Oh, gosh. Okay, well, new uh, results to a survey show that nearly a quarter of Taiwanese people have trouble falling asleep at night. So if you are tossing and turning, you're not alone. There's plenty of us here doing the same thing. That is me. Um, This is a little bit more of a serious note, though, because Mm. uh, the survey was conducted by the National Suicide Prevention Center in July. Oh, dear. Um, the, the data was only released on last Saturday, though, September 26th, mm-hmm. during the 2020 National Health Research Institute's forum. Anyway, it showed that 23.3% of people in Taiwan aged 15 and over had or over had suffered insomnia in the week prior to taking the survey. This was during the summer. So mm-hmm. and um this is fairly consistent, actually. Uh, it's uh, the lowest it's been since 2006. Mm-hmm. So I guess we have less on our minds <laughs> than, than yeah. normal. But but the director of the National Suicide Prevention Center says this is still very high. And to cope with this, and this is really why this is in the news, lots of people turn to sleeping aids. Uh, 4.2 uh, million people in Taiwan were using them on a regular basis in the last year with four. consumption... Point two million. Yeah, consumption okay. this year total they estimate uh, topped nine hundred and twenty million. I guess individual pills, and uh, the director of this association would like for that to be changed. They want specifically for some restrictions on. Ha- and it shouldn't be this easy to get your hands on these sleeping aids. No, they passed something a few years ago. Well, you no, can't still, get them over the counter now. It's still hard, easier are, than maybe they would like because it says that mm. 30 to 40 percent of Taiwanese people who attempt suicide have used them. And yeah. so this, uh, the director says that they're not the only way to reduce sleep issues. And if you're dependent on sedatives heavily, that's a cause for concern. So maybe if you find yourself really in need of, uh, you know, help getting to sleep, maybe reach out to some for some professional help there. Uh, it says here, the director said that the key to overcoming insomnia, I'm not sure if everyone would agree with this, but is identifying its main cause. And, that's the hardest part. Well, it could be caffeine. Yeah. Yeah, it could but... also be you're worried about current events. That's mm. I know I often am. Um, and Or you may have anxiety of some sort. Uh, that's another issue uh, that you might have. And also f- phones, they say, screen yeah. time. Uh, create a restful environment through relief strategies and behavioral treatment if you need. So again, uh, I guess don't hesitate to reach out and get help if you need it. And uh, maybe lay off the sleeping pills. <laughs> There's a rare migratory bird, and this is the good news. It's been spotted here in Taiwan. The bad news is it has some issues with glass windows. 
Oh, dear. Right. Isn't uh, it like those commercials for window cleaner? Kind of, yeah. When your windows are too clean. I have a photo of it, but it's in black and white, so I'm not sure how well this is going to show up for our watchers, our audience. Um, this is called Chifei the Red Emerald. The Red Emerald. That's a pretty name for a bird. And, yeah, it is. It's beautiful. But it is also nicknamed the the Ferrari of birds because it's sleek and uh, dusty red. And prone to accidents, apparently. Uh, going very fast. Too fast. Um, I think... Oh, and Hualien, in the same week, different people found three different... of uh, the three different birds same kind of birds that um flew into windows and mm. yeah what hopefully the birds were okay well so just disoriented a bit they brought them to uh a, a shelter for birds especially it's they pretty have cool a shelter for birds i know it's isn't That's it so cool, cool to, they take care of uh injured birds specifically uh, but it's like a wildlife sort of rehabilitation just, center or well it says it's a. It literally says "shangmiao shou So they just have. It's just a shelter for yeah for, for injured birds. birds. Okay. So maybe we have a lot of them in Hualien, but they did not area. survive. Oh. Unfortunately, um, they were flying too fast, and a lot of people didn't know how to do what to what to do with them. You know, like if you see a an injured bird on the ground, what do you do? Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I think what some people, I mean, can't they do what farmers do? I've seen them doing to keep birds away from their crops, which is like mm-hmm. take those old CDs and like oh, hang them so they spin around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it doesn't work. I've tried <laughs> at, because they were eating some of my balcony plants. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No luck. They're too smart. Yeah. They're too smart. Um, yeah, they're saying also the, the light pollution in cities is. Another thing that confuses these birds, the migratory birds especially, they get lost Mm. in big cities. So if you find an injured bird, bring them, look up where the nearest bird shelter is or look up the nearest. If you have one near you. I know. Do we have one in like Taipei? I'm not sure. Oh, I was, I think so. (laughs) We have a lot of vets. That's true, but most of them are cat and dogs only. That's true, but they say... First thing to to keep in mind is don't feed them anything. Okay. Right, because you might feed them the wrong things, and they might not be, like, they probably shouldn't be digesting food when they're injured. What about the glass, though? That seems to be the root of the problem. Right. They haven't said anything about it, but, like, um, Mm. I think blinds would help. Maybe. Yeah. Curtains. Curtains, yeah. So go to your nearest draper. (laughs) (laughs) Help the birds. Yeah, save the birds, buy some drapes. Well, about 1 in 12 people 65 or older suffers from dementia here in Taiwan. Uh, But there's some good news. On Monday, the Kaohsiung Medical University Neuroscience Research Center introduced a new dementia therapy that uses virtual reality. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you may wonder how this works. Um, It is. Uh, And this is a very painstaking thing, so I think the number of people it can help, at least at first, may be limited because Mm -hmm. in some cases they even need to go visit your home. Like oh. where you li- used to live, mm-hmm. to, because the idea is to recreate memories, 
and the, in the hope of triggering them back. Yeah. That's so mad. So the standard version of the therapy, it says here, features collective memories or, or interests shared by many older people. So they're kind of generic. They're not exactly your memories, mm-hmm. but maybe you had something similar. That most people have experienced. Uh, for instance, mm-hmm. it says here that uh, there's a center director who says that many uh, men of that in that age enjoy recounting military experiences. So I guess they have a boot camp themed one or <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, especially people in that age group will have just something to jog your memory well they will have had to spend an extended amount of time in the military i think i mean Mm. these days it's just a few months but conscription back during the the height of the cold war was more than a A few years yeah Yeah. so everyone will have done it so they kind of try and find things that most people of a certain age group will have had in common and sort of sort of a start that's sort of the starting point anyway uh, and they take into account typical environments in which the pe- the patients would have grown up, you know, mm. things that would have been around products. So they're fairly customized. It's generic, but, but um, they are able to customize mm. them. And that's the point. Like, uh, this is just a starting point. I think researching individual stories might be a, make this a bit cumbersome. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they can learn about your background. It can take a few months of work. Like I said, they may have to go to the place where you used to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they can generally, by working with the patients, it seems, at least this is what they hope, sort something out that will help trigger these memories. Wow. And immersing them. They've got headsets on in, this, in mm-hmm. a picture that goes with this article. Um, apparently, this uh, so far has proven to have some therapeutic effects, including stabilizing the moods of patients mm-hmm. and reducing aggression, which is something that uh, p- people who care for pe- patients with dementia can sometimes report. Uh, the hope is that, and it doesn't quite explain how in this article, but by combining this therapy with 5G technology, production oh. costs will go down, making it easier for more patients to access it. And so, yeah, it, it's, 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 of course, long-term memories that they're going for mm-hmm. here. Uh, I think short-term after a certain point, or you, don't, you really don't make new memories, do you? Um, but uh, that's potentially 1 in 12, 65 or older. If you do the math, that's potentially a lot of people who could benefit from this. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, we are an aging population here yes. in Taiwan. Well, good news for astronomy buffs. Uh, We're going to have two full moons in this uh, coming month, and there's a place where you can go here in Taiwan to celebrate. Uh, I think the especially cool part about this is the first and last day of October is when the two full moons are. And it also coincides with the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is the time when everyone likes to go moon viewing. That's the thing to do, Mm -hmm. to celebrate the sort of harvest autumn moon. And so we got... Well, I don't think it's it's going to be exactly on the day, but mm-hmm. uh, two full moons to look at. I know. And so Zhongren Dashi, Zhongren University, will be opening their astronomy tower for the public. They That's usually exciting. don't do that. I've never and been in an astronomy tower. I haven't either. You can look at the moon. And they're saying um, tomorrow, which is October 1st, Mid-Autumn Festival, you can see... Uh, uh, a triangle of stars. A triangle of stars. Which are they particularly notable stars? Uh, yes, we have Junyu and Yolang, which are the the two stars that, that meet each other. Yeah, but that doesn't usually happen during the mid-autumn festival. So they're still no, they're saying that happens during the summertime. Mm-hmm. But uh, you will be able to see them. The legend says that uh, there are two lovers that only meet once a year. Unfortunately, 
that's during the summer. So their mm-hmm. their meeting for this year has passed. But you can still see them and yeah. wave high, They're I guess. They're still there. And what's the, there's a third one? The third one is Tianjin 4. Tianjin like the Chinese city, but okay. I am not familiar with it. But okay. these three make up what they call the summer triangle. The summer triangle. Well, it's a bit autumn-y for that. I know, <laughs> it is. But, okay. well, everything this year is later because we had two um, lunar Aprils, I think. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, so you're so versed in like astronomical and cylindrical <laughs> matters. Mm, well, my grandmother is like she has us all coming home to to bye bye every year um, oh, okay, for different things. Worship so, various ancestors. Yeah, and, and she'd remark, "Oh, this year this is coming later than usual, so we have to prepare for this for that." Well, yeah, because I feel like Mid Autumn Festival is cooler this year. It's one of the big uh, holidays of the year anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that there will be lots of holiday crowds. Uh, is this a month-long event or just on those for two days, though? Uh, just for those two days. Okay, so maybe not during the holiday itself. Uh, but, oh well, close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going into a long weekend. So some people with getting right. an early start. Uh, October 1st, that's today for some of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been out. raining, but I hope that's it'll clear true. up. Where is this university? Zhongren, where is Zhong? I have no where in the world is Zhongren? Maybe there was somewhere in I'm Taiwan somewhere. with nicer weather than we have here in Taipei. Uh, uh. Any alums out there, let us know. Uh, I wonder what's in their astronomy tower. Like, will you be able to like gaze through the telescope, or is it one oh, of those yes. ones where it's not an optical telescope anymore because they're too advanced for that? Sort well, of thing? I think they have the the actual telescopes. Here's a photo of one of their students. Hold. Um, it looks like a like a home telescope though this is one of the smaller ones i think okay. they have a pretty impressive collection and they're excited to show it off they will be open tomorrow october or, 1st or from today for seven, some of you yeah from 7 to 9 p.m okay so sign up on their website oh you have to sign up in advance well maybe it's too late some then. people can just well, i don't know there is if the, you live nearby you did mention that the last day of the month as well that's right? true yeah so there's two full moon events i know and it'll be halloween Oh, that's right. Mm. October does have 31 days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still living in 2019. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Uh, for those of you joining us on our live stream, thanks so much for being with us today. And for those of you joining us on the radio, please stick around because coming up next, it's Hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and In the Spotlight. Uh, we should also mention that this is Catherine's last day with us here at Ooh. RTI. We'll miss you, Catherine. I'll miss you guys, too. All right. Well, for here in Taiwan, I'm John Van Trieste, and one last time... And I'm Catherine May. See ya.
The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. The sound of the Amis tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Hello and welcome to this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to be talking about the very famous Japanese animation studio, Studio Ghibli. Now, if you grew up in Taiwan, you'll know their movies like My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Laputa Castle in the Sky, as well as Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. There's just a bunch to name. Anyway, people loved the Japanese animated movies from Studio Ghibli, which was founded by Hayao Miyazaki. Last week, the studio released 400 high-definition images from its films, saying that people can use them within reason to do whatever they want. They just forfeited their copyrights and their licensing fees and encouraged people to get creative. Well, the internet being the internet, people turned those images into memes. Now, usually I try to make hashtag both audio and video friendly, but because of the nature of this week's show, if you have access to a computer and access to the internet, I highly recommend you check Check out the video segment. Anyway, without further ado, here's this week's Hashtag Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Studio Ghibli. You say you don't know what Studio Ghibli is? Y'all trippin'! Studio Ghibli is the Japanese animation studio founded by Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki is of course the mastermind behind hugely famous feature-length projects like My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Ponyo, and Howl's Moving Castle. Ghibli is very loved in Taiwan. You can find merchandise of their characters everywhere from department stores to night markets. In the past, the studio has been very strict about copyrights and licensing. That is until earlier this week when out of nowhere it released 400 free-to-use high-definition images from eight of its films. Free-to-use as in anyone can download and alter the pictures within reason. At first, people didn't really know what to do with the images, but the internet always finds a way. So allow me to introduce you to hashtag the first Studio Ghibli meme competition. It's not really a competition, it's just a trending hashtag in Taiwan that people are attaching to Ghibli picture memes. It's blown up overnight and it's popular with politicians, university, meme pages, you name it. People are just churning out top shelf content. Shinzu Mayor Ling Zijian uses the images to tell a story about food. The first picture says, Shinsu has no good food, to which someone responds, no good food, say that again. Another picture is captioned with, Shinsu rice noodles coming up, and then, I didn't think food in Shinsu was this good. 
Then, a last picture of a pig says, if you're not careful in Shenzhou, you'll eat until you end up looking like this. Yilan City is situated on the east coast of Taiwan. It's located about 40 minutes from Taipei, and it's a popular weekend destination for city folk. A meme page called Kawaii Yilan turned their grievances with weekend tourists into Ghibli memes. Here it says, when weekend tourists say food in Yilan is delicious. When I try to go to work, but my path is blocked by tourists, Elan tourist destinations on weekdays, and want to hear a joke? Elan is Taipei's backyard. There are a lot of these memes, and I mean so many that my head started spinning while writing this segment. Let's do a quick lightning round. This is what my bunny looked like when I first brought it home. This is what it looks like half a year later. My mom, when she says she'll cook whatever. Me showing up to a party and forgetting about a dress code. Hey lady, you can't go in there without a face mask. Me walking home from work trying to find a meaning in my life. And that annoying kid in class who always says they forget there's a test today, but gets perfect marks. I'm going to end today's segment with some homegrown memes made right here at RTI. Now, we have an employee restaurant in the basement of our building called Yongbao. It's been here for over 10 years, and unfortunately, they are moving to another location in October. Radio Taiwan International is located in a part of Taipei that's a little bit out of the way, so the convenience of being able to go downstairs and order a plate of fried rice will definitely be missed. RTI Events Facebook page told a story about how we here are all feeling. I'm not continuing to lease the space. Really? Then what will I eat in the future? The other options are so far away. Yongbao is leaving. This is big news. Did you do this? How could I do this? We are the ones that suffer without Yongbao. Even now as I record this, I can smell the faint aroma of roasted chicken wafting into the studio. Actually, something doesn't smell too right. Better veer on the side of caution. I'm going to go check this out. And that's it for this week's hashtag. I do know our show this week was a little bit longer, but I do hope you enjoyed it. Anyway, until next week, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. This is Taiwan Explained, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Chinese warplanes have entered Taiwan's airspace almost every single day this week. What exactly happened and why is it alarming? Well, here to tell us all about it is Catherine Wei. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Catherine. Hi. Chinese warplanes have come into Taiwan's airspace six times in the past eight days and in larger numbers than ever before. It started on September 16th with two Y-8 anti-submarine planes. Two days later, things escalated when 18 warplanes came into Taiwan's airspace, with 12 of them crossing the median line. Then on the 19th, 19 Chinese military aircraft flew into Taiwan's airspace in a pincer formation, a movement designed to attack by facing the enemy in front, on both flanks, and in the rear. Here are some Chinese warplanes that came over. J-16 fighters, J-11 fighters, H-6 bombers, and a closer look at a YH anti-submarine plane. So what's also a concern is that China is also no longer recognizing the median line that goes down the middle of the Taiwan Strait, right? Right. The Chinese Foreign Ministry said on Monday that there is no so-called median line because Taiwan is a part of China. But Taiwan's Foreign Minister Joseph Wu says that the median line of the Taiwan Strait has served as a symbol of the status quo to avoid cross-strait military conflict.
However, the recent claim of the Chinese foreign ministry in effect destroys the status quo of the Taiwan Strait. Thanks, Catherine, for explaining what happened this week and why cross-strait tensions have increased. And that is our Taiwan Explained for the week. Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu as they sample their way through Taiwan's culinary delights. Andrew, I thought we said no more intestines. <clears throat> That's on Feast Meets West every Saturday only on Radio Taiwan International, radio for refined palates. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Today, I'm really honored to be speaking with、um, Shannon Zhen,、uh, who's this tiny woman sitting in front of me, but she's a certified yoga instructor. And the thing is that what really surprised me about her is that she's got an electrical engineering background, but、um, she's got a great story to tell about her life. So let's meet Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Shirley. Hi, everyone. All right.、Um, I understand that、uh, at the age of nine, you left Taiwan and、uh, moved with your family to New Zealand and Australia, and you just only came back like four years ago. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, what was life like in Australia? What was it? You know. I mean, it was because you have a dad's job, yeah. Yes. But、um, the people there—you actually met a lot of Taiwanese, yes, Asians over、yeah. there. There are a lot of them there.、Um, well, I think life in Australia or New Zealand is very simple and very like reg- like you you live a very regular life. You know, like you go to work, you cook, and then you have holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I've never been to New Zealand, but you were saying that it's nothing like Taipei City. I mean, with the cities over there, whether it's Wellington or、um, what is it, Auckland, Auckland or Christchurch. I mean, there are cities, but they're not cities compared to Taipei City. No, as、um, like Taipei is a very convenient city, and then、uh, people are very friendly.、Mm-hmm. Yes, you basically can get everything that you want, like but, you know, twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> But compared to the cities in in New Zealand, so it's like very laid back, very slow. Yes, quite slow, and nothing like a metropolitan city. I mean, it's not. Well,、uh, we're improving. <laughs> yes, <laughs>、okay. getting better. Yeah,、uh, we do have like you know like some shops they do open late, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some restaurants as well. Are there like tall buildings and office buildings and? Yes, um, in the CBD, um. We do have some like tall buildings and then、um, like commercial buildings. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. Anyway,、um, why did you decide to come back to Taiwan? Apparently, you had a really good job as an engineer and you loved it and everything, but you wanted to take a break. Yes. So I was at my、uh, I was at、um, an engineer job for the past like for ten years. 
And my boss was just telling me, like, "Hey, I think you need a break." Really, it was your boss telling you that you need a break. Yes. Why were you like just overwork yourself and not healthy, or what?、Um, Having dark circles <laughs> in your eyes or something? What happened? Well, I think it's more of like he thinks like I don't really have a very deep relationship with my parents. Oh wait a minute, though. But oh, at that time, your parents have already moved back to Taiwan. Yes. Oh, I see. Uh huh. Yes. So um, I was boarding since I was nine, and then um, I lived by myself all the way. Oh, okay. Yes. So, think. I guess he thinks that you're just too dedicated to your work. Yes. I'm. I'm sure he felt sorry to let you go. Well, he didn't know that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna leave the job.、Uh-huh. Like he thought, because we have like、uh, leave without pay. I'm sorry,、uh, leave yeah, without, without pay. pay.、Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You still, you. He thought that you were gonna go back in a year's time. Yes, but actually, it's been four years now. Yes. Yeah. You were telling me that before all this, you actually went to boarding school. Yes. Your parents sent you to boarding school over there. Yeah. And me, along with some of the people, we have a stereotype about. Uh, about boarding, boarding schools is that they're they're terrible, you know, no freedom and very strict, and you know it's just no fun. But hearing you earlier on, that、yeah. boarding school was actually really great. I mean, you've gained something from going to boarding school. What、yes. was it?、Um, I think boarding school. I think a lot of people are thinking about it's like the bullying. Okay,、mm-hmm. you don't. Yeah, like you said, you don't get your freedoms.、Um, But no, if there is no comparison, like you don't feel like you are being locked up. Okay, so I went in when I was nine. A nine years old kids in Taiwan, I don't think they get much freedoms anyway. <laughs> you you've got a point there. Okay,、yes. when you didn't have any comparison, it just takes putting on a different perspective, right?、Yes. Okay, so actually, you said boarding school、oh. equipped you with. Uh, learn to be independent. Yes.、Um, something else you were saying. Um. Well. Um. How to fit yourself into a society because society has a you know all different type of people. Well,、so、when you're talking about society, you're talking about a boarding school itself. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> every every independent girls. Well, I live in a girls boarding school. Okay. So,、um, every girls that they will have, um, different personalities. Yeah. Yes, and you need to live with them for twenty four hours a day. Hmm. Yes. So you're gonna fit in. If you can't fit in,、um, the、um, the school like you know they will help you to fit into the society, and so you won't feel like you've been、um, like left out. Oh,、uh, so、um, actually, it taught you interpersonal relationship. Yes. What What's it like? You know, living in the boarding school. I mean, it was a nice boarding school, so that makes、yes. a difference too, right? The, yes.、Um, you, know, you ate well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess you ate well. Yes. Yeah. You know, okay, that's good. And、um, you sleep well, and、yeah. they you say that they do give you some freedom, freedom to go out or to do、um, your own thing. Well, while still indoors. After the school every day, we will have about like two hours free time. Yes, a free time. So free times that you can do sports. You、oh. Can do, you can learn music. You can take a nap if you want to. You can do your laundries. Like those times, they don't really restrain you. If you want to go. Um, you know, go to shopping center. You just tell them. Ah,、oh. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Okay, you were telling me that actually you're not very sportive before you learned yoga. No. <laughs> so obviously you weren't taking those two hours to do sports. No, I. What did do. you do? Like、uh, I was in a choir. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, also in、uh, orchestra. 
Uh, oh, what what instrument did you play? Um, cello. Oh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> but wow, you're a tiny woman playing cello. Well, I don't a- really get to have a choice back then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know. Oh, a woman playing a cello can be really elegant. Yes. Um, well, but now when I was in a like now when I was in high school, I was like everyone carrying like you know a violin. Yeah. So elegant, and yeah. I'm like, you know, carrying like a big cello. I know. Yeah. Lugging for you, it's like lugging this yes. big cello. Oh, that is so interesting. Wow. Did you guys actually even performed in other countries? You know, as a choir or as a Orchestra? Uh, we don't really perform, but oh, okay. uh, we go on like music trips. We went to Fiji. Oh, yeah. So perform to those like you know the kids there. Really? Yes. That's so nice. Yeah, and when we bring, we will bring a lot of like teens, like kids uh-huh. over oh. there. Yeah. Oh wow, that is so interesting. Actually, Fiji is pretty close to New Zealand. Am I? Yes. I, I'm really terrible at geography. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, my I geography see. is bad too. So. Oh, wow. Yes, that is so interesting. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. How many years were you in boarding school? Uh, nine until when I when I was like sixteen. Wow, that's seven years. Yes. Wow, all seven years in boarding school. Yes. Okay, but anyway, so you thank your parents for putting you in boarding school because you came out as a grown, mature woman, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And it was during the seven years that you were in boarding school that you knew you wanted to study engineering. Um, I think that's a good thing about our boarding school, like our school, because starts like I think year ten. Uh huh. Then they will start to to tell us like, okay, so when you grow up, you need to find a job. Okay? Right. So there are all different type of jobs out there, and they will have like um, uh, guest speakers that they work in a different field to tell you what's actually like to become. You mean they come to the school to give a a talk? Yes. Oh wow. Yes. So before you even make your decisions. That uh, you already have a, a a general, very broad general ideas about like what a high school teachers does every day, or what's an engineer yes. like working uh-huh. like work like or like a physician or whatever yeah like whatever jobs that you are interesting, and uh, it's a tiny school so like we can write like when we were kids we will write like what you wanna be. When you wait seven years, that means you were living at the boarding school, right? Yes. So your parents came to visit you on the weekends or something? Uh, well, we get to go home from time to time if you want to. Oh, I see. Well,、yeah. you know, Thomas' parents can be real workaholics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a younger sister, right? Yes. And she was also put in boarding school. Yes. The same boarding school. Yes. So actually, you still had company. You know, you got each other. Yeah, but we live in because we're different years, so we live、okay. in a different buildings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that is so interesting. Anyway, your your boss from、mm-hmm. the engineering company. Yes. After ten years, he he said that you should take a break.、Um, originally, you said you were going to take six months, but then he suggested you take a year off. Yes. And since、um, that, you know, you haven't seen family and relatives here,、mm-hmm. so why not come back? You know, and spend that one year, right? Yeah. So、um, you came back thinking it was just going to be a year, but it turned into four years. So what happened? So、um, I was helping my yoga instructors to sub her class. Now you 
uh, earlier on, we were saying that you're not sportive. You weren't into sports or exercising. No. So it was your mom. Um, after you came back for some time, yes, um, she said, "Why don't you take up something? Why don't you go, you know, do something like yeah, exercise. do something with your life, yeah. yeah, yeah." So your mom can be pretty persuasive because you you listen to her. I don't normally say no to the things that I've never tried. Uh huh. So when she suggested, I was like, "Okay, I'll go give it a try." What was it like the first time you tried yoga? Because I did not like yoga when I tried it in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, not uh-huh. until lately, actually. Uh-huh. Because um, I f- always find that some of the moves are just really hard to do. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, I just think I'm not flexible. Yes. Body-wise. So what was your first impression of yoga when you started doing it? Um, so the first time that I tried yoga, it was a, a, a mat yoga, which is the yoga that you've seen on TVs or like people that had a general idea. You have a yoga mat, you stand on your yoga mat, you try to stretch yourself out, um, which is really hard. Yeah. Um, so I got so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you used the word depressed. Okay. Yes, because I was like, okay, so the lady sitting next to me, she's probably in her like a mid-50, mid-60. Okay. She's more flexible than I do. Mm-hmm. And then when we do like some poses, she's stronger than I am. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is not my class. <laughs> so I talked to the um, the person that, you know, like helped me to get the spot okay. in, the, in that yoga studio. Uh-huh. So he told me like, hey, why don't you try aerial yoga? Okay. So it has a hammocks. Um, it maybe you will find it more interesting, uh-huh. and maybe it will help you to stretch more. And I was like, okay. Um, so I went to uh, my. You know, I would have said no. <laughs> oh, I would just, I was just like, okay, because since I was already there, so I did two classes in a row. Oh wow, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay. I would have said no because <laughs> I'm thinking like that looks more scary to me. Yeah. For me. Yeah. You know, I yeah. would have said no. But anyway, so you went from one mat yoga to the next area yoga. Yes. And you loved it? Yes. I was like, hey, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I can touch my toes. Like, <laughs> on the hammocks, everything seems so easy. Really? Yes, because um, the hammocks basically uh, lift you up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I, there is no mirror in that yoga studio. Okay. So I have no idea. I look completely different from, you know, the somebody that, you know, standing next to me. Like, right. You know, I, I have no idea what I look like. Yeah. But I just feel it's really, like, I stretched. I strengthened my muscles. I feel great. Really? Yes. Okay, so after that class, you fell in love with it, and so you decided to go back and again and again, but only yes. doing aerial yoga yes, more than anything beginning. else. Yes, yeah. yes. That is, oh, wow, maybe I should give it a try because it just seems so scary. <laughs> and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to twist my ankle. Uh-huh. I just feel like I'm just going to you know, pull a muscle. That's how I felt looking at other, at, you know, watching yeah. other people do aerial yoga. Well, I think um, aerial yoga, they have different types. Um, mm. Try to find the one that's very gentle and stretchy. And so it will help you to strengthen at the same time as well. Um, so that's, I think I, I was like pretty lucky because another instructor that teach aerial yoga there, they do tricks, which oh. I probably would just never going to go back again. <laughs> oh, what do you mean by tricks? It's kind of like a circus tri- tricks. Uh-huh. You know, like you, you, you climb up and then you oh, do some oh, oh, like oh, wind-ups. Oh. Never. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. So I was like pretty lucky uh-huh. that my first aerial class, it's nothing like that. 
from an engineering background and someone who didn't like sports to becoming a certified yoga instructor. Got to tune in next week to find out more. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.